our focus on business this morning. A look at different things, business happenings that are happening in and around the Tri-Cities. And this morning in our studio, we have Derek Stricker, who is a local commercial real estate broker. broker. Yeah. And lots of exciting things going on in the Tri-Cities. Of course, you know, we've seen so much growth in so many different ways in all of the Tri-Cities, including West Richland. We Mm -hmm. can't forget them. And uh, we're seeing just exponentially things growing and that requires a lot of planning it doesn't just happen so that's one of the things that you kind of have your finger on the pulse in the tri-cities and so let's talk about you know we were you were in two weeks ago we kind of talked about some of the things that are happening what are Mm -hmm. what's moving and shaking right now you know i say what's moving and shaking right now kind of a little bit the same but it's uh, looking for an industrial space you know uh, finding land for the next business finding land as much as people think we have a ton of it Actually, very limited for what people are looking for, office or retail or warehouse. So kind of the, the uh, land, the great land demand is still on and trying to find the kind of next owner user spot. You know, you're looking for the next office that you can grow your CPA office in or rent out a little piece of it or put in your janitorial company in the warehouse part of it and rent other part of it. So seeing big demand right now. Everyone's pent up from February snow. Everyone's upset about how cute it was. And March is kind of nutter butters right now. It's crazy. That's crazy. Now, with the, you know, we talk about the land aspect of it, and we look at and we see we've got all this land that can be developed. And, and yeah, we do have a lot of land out there, but you can't really build on something if there's no water and electricity and sewer to that property. And so what we have is a lot of land that hasn't been, hasn't had that infrastructure brought out to it yet. It's true, and that's it. You know, back to the planning aspect, you know, we have to work with the cities and the planners who are looking out 20 years on the growth of, of the markets. If Candlewick or Pasco, just overall Tri-Cities. But think about infrastructure, think about urban growth boundary. You know, in the south stuff of 82 off South Kennewick, you know, there's over thousands of acres out there that could be dubbed into the city. But because infrastructure needs and certain things, we don't have quite access to it. You know, future-wise is one of those things. But really, it's about, you know, we have to have the planning for the, the people out there, the, the water and the sewer utilities. So uh, we have to work together with the cities to say where the demand is. And the demand right now, speaking of that, is urban growth boundary. South Kennewick, you know, that's a high thing that's on a priority list, and we have a lot of industrial demand that we have nowhere to go. And so whatever city can kind of offer up, I think, you know, we'll win a little bit of, uh, of the demand race. And there's so much coordination that has to happen because you don't want to bring the, that infrastructure, those utilities and such to, you know, 150 acres of land that isn't going to be developed for, you know, another 20 to 50 years. You want to make sure that you're uh, timing your infrastructure development with the actual construction that's going to happen. And you can't have that until you have jobs coming in. And But once you have those jobs coming in, those people need to have somewhere to live. So there's this whole yin and yang thing that has to happen that, you know, there has to be a lot of coordinated effort. Yeah, I mean, it really is kind of comes back to that, you know, it's, it's kind of math and it's science. It's kind of an equation that needs to work together with lots of parties. But you know, we'll talk about later in the show, but, you know, talking about demand and utilities and infrastructure reminds me of, you know, a recent Vista Field action item, too. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, knowing that there is a demand right now for businesses who either want to expand or are trying to open up, what sort of investment opportunities are there for property owners, especially those who maybe own buildings that are already constructed and maybe are being underutilized? You know, I think right now, if, if you're looking for an investment side of it is, you know, wh- what could you find a smaller, you know, a little bit bigger building than you're currently in? Let's assume you own a building right now and you're looking for that next one. I think you look for a little bit sizer up what your office needs to sell for your actual operational cash flow. And is there room that I can rent out part of it 
that one day maybe I can grow into myself. Instead of moving again because I'm, I'm bursting the seams and now I have 15 employees and et cetera, et cetera, maybe I can in five years can take over that space in my building. So before the while, I was getting cash flow on it, covering my OPEX, you know, growing some synergies, and eventually if my business did so well, I can grow into it. So I feel like the, right now the low-hanging fruit is, you know, from an owner-user standpoint, look for that next office or retail and that next building with a little bit more size. And I think that'd be one that's, you know, sizable, without getting too big, and it steadies over a 10-year holding period, mm-hmm. and it fits your actual business. You know, those are the things that are hot commodities right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you have some of that property, if you're just sitting on it, and it's you're not making the profit off of it that you could or should be making, definitely something that someone should get in touch with you and, and find out more about how they could move that or lease it. Utilize it. I mean, either, either you're in a point in your life where, you know, you are ending your business in the next three to five years, and you're looking out from that kind of exit from the building, the operations. But if you're on the other side of it, well, hey, contact me about how you can utilize that building those last couple of years. And the same time is, if you're the one looking on that next side up, that's when you need to be talking about other opportunities, other what your business is, and all those kind of opportunities. Absolutely. We're talking with Derek Stricker, who is a commercial real estate broker here in the Tri-Cities. You can contact him at 943-5200 or check him out on Twitter at Stricker, S-T-R-I-C-K-E-R, at Stricker, C-R-E, which stands for commercial real estate. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the Tri-Cities. I know Vista Field is one of those Mm hotspots where there's really just been a lot of planning and and uh, you know it's one of like my dad always says nothing just happens and this is a perfect example of this has been years in the making and we're finally starting to actually see some dirt turn yeah it is it's you know it's we're i think maybe six years into post shutdown of that 103 acre airport site you know the port kennelick and the city kennelick been working you know very hard at that uh, for the long-term vision and it's you know it's, it's actually been the news that last week a lot of activity a lot of my bandwidth actually was going towards it and uh, but the port just awarded you know the, the bid contract to get phase one infrastructure going. So tangible dirt moving, you know the actual road that connects to this kind of new road where, hey the 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 people of the community can start buying land for the first time possibly you know now in the next twelve months because the infrastructure will finally be there. Yeah. So are you aware of anything that's actually projects that are actually going to be starting construction there? Uh, not on, not like on phase one. So w- what kind of came out last week it was this uh, Yakima Valley, you know, healthcare uh, company, uh, Yakima Valley Farm Worker Clinic. It, their plans to, they're buying five acres in Vista Field. It's not owned by the Port of Kennewick, but it's land out just right next to all this part of it. It's off the Kellogg side, and they plan on you know building a thirty-five thousand square foot facility. You know, a twenty million dollar overall investment. You know, eighty plus new economic healthcare jobs come to market. So that's something that's, you know, on plan project for it's Vista field that kind of, you know, so with the ports, you know, uh, infrastructure stuff going in the ground now on that part, uh, this kind of tangible attraction with this, you know, on the private side with this healthcare facility, you know, you're starting to see some real traction now with, uh, uh, tangible stuff that the city can see. Yeah. And see, now the city can see that they know that with that are going to come probably a couple dozen jobs. And so they know there's got to be some place for those folks to live. Housing is at a premium here right now. So there's also that other piece to that where we need homes, we need apartments, we need housing for these folks. Exactly. Back to the equation. You still got to, you know, you got, that, you got the rooftops, you got the next generation people. You have all kinds of things that you need uh, that we got to start planning for. But that's where phase one is. Phase one opens up, you know, the infrastructure, kind of where that Deschutes Road is in, in Vista Field, where you kind of make your NASCAR bank turn to the left. Uh, you know, instead, you can just go straight 
through those warehouses almost, and it kind of almost connect up there to, you know, uh, Grand Ridge Boulevard, and that's where you can start buying. You know, that's what the commercial will be. There's be some housing out there, and that's where, you know, you know I think of Kendall Yards in Spokane. Uh, that's a good, very good example, I think, of just kind of urbanized living, lots of residential types, a grocery store, a little bit of commercial, a bike shop, some actual employers. So that's the kind of stuff we'll start seeing, but it takes the traction of phase one first, and at least we're now past that. Yeah, and it'll be fun to see some of those more urban type of developments start. And we're going to see that in Richland with this new apartment complex that broke ground there. Yeah, the pit, you know, it, that's great to see. You know, it's, it, it, you know, like everything, it takes time. And, you know, the developer behind that, you know, he's a great guy and he's been, you know, very focused on this, you know, his entire time here in Tri-Cities. And to see that, that break ground now is, is a big win and, you know, that'll be just it'll be a great spot for project and kind of showcase that the private market can do stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Derek Stricker from NAI Tri-Cities. You can give him a call at 943-5200, 943-5200, or at Stricker CRE on Twitter, at Stricker CRE. Now, today is supposedly one of the least productive Mondays <laughs> that uh, there will be this yeah basketball season anyway a small basketball tournament coming up a little bit mm-hmm. people get a little crazy that's why they call it match march madness yeah so your team is gonzaga mm-hmm. got that one seed that's right and that was kind of exciting uh, as they should i think uh but it was uh, great to see it finally happen and i like the placement in salt lake city that's a big very uh, big gonzaga contingency down there and an easy mm-hmm. flight for most regions so it should be a pretty good stacked uh, game yeah, I'm willing to bet there will probably be a lot of fans heading out to Salt Lake. Yeah, that was kind of a big thing. It was like, you know, because we got, you know, kind of throat punched last week by St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. And I take that as a blessing in disguise, as a kind of a checkup from the neck up. And before we get back and kind of this, this tournament play, we got to adjust to what happens when you don't play good basketball. Um, so, yeah, they're going to travel well. The squad there in Salt Lake City, a lot of people flying in for that. You know, it's that next game. It's that Syracuse, you know, Baylor. That you know, these are these are good teams, and we've got to kind of pass with all these guys. And I think you know, Jerry McNamara back in the day from Syracuse, kind of you know, threatening our our survival, if you will. <laughs> so, do you do a bracket? Yeah, I'll do a bracket. Yeah, I do, I do less brackets than I used to. I used to have kind of a handful of them. Now it's probably lucky to get. You know, one or two in, I'm always, I feel like I'm fighting to get mine submitted before the brackets are due. So usually it's just my wife and I comparing chicken scratch notes and fighting for supremacy. <laughs> right. That's funny. So that was some good news for you this weekend. Yeah. You had some other good news recently. You won a pretty significant award. Yeah. That kind of usually never happens, uh, especially just from deals and certain things. But yeah, I got, got a, uh, was awarded a top 50 office transaction for 2018. Uh, by the SIOR Institute uh, in the nation. So it was kind of cool to, for the uh, off the old floor building, dubbed the Jabwin Juggernaut in my world, mm-hmm. uh, selling that last year. And it, since the size was 162,000 square feet, it put uh, me and Tri-Cities at number 20 in the nation for largest office deal last year. That's pretty cool to think that, you know, something that we've looked at for decades, literally decades, is, you know, making waves in the real estate world. Yeah, it's nice to get some, you know, notoriety. It's a, it's a concrete jungle. It's, you know, a, a very, it was a four-year case study for me. You know, it was not this juicy, easy transaction that, you know, five years ago, this kind of DC company called about. It was a lot to learn from and a lot of highs and a ton of lows and a lot of just kind of pulling your hair out of, and at the same time, it kind of taught me the commercial real estate industry. You know, it taught me in a different platform, which is from a local level, from a regional level, from a national level. And 
you know, when you have some of that size, it attracts, you know, certain clientele. So if you were a new corporation flying in Tri-Cities looking to put someone somewhere in an office building, that one stands out. So it's kind of neat to be in the uh, pulse behind the scenes of some real macro things that could be shifting up our micro market. Yeah. And it is really interesting to to hear, you know, I, I keep saying nothing just happens. There's so many buildings that we might see and think, oh, gosh, it would be nice if somebody would use that building. But while you look at it and think that it's been abandoned or it's not being used, there are people like you who are actively working behind the scenes trying to get somebody in there because you recognize and the community recognizes the need to have those buildings operating, to be providing jobs to the community, to be bringing income to the city with taxes and with, uh, you know, sales and, and just everything that goes along with that. It supports, you know, when, you, when you're able to put critical mass, and that's one that we don't know about in Tri-City, a lot is critical mass. And if you could put, you know, 500 people that work in the daytime that make, you know, similar wages that go out and their economic, you know, expenditure power is, is fivefold. And so the sandwich shops and the smoothie shop and the yoga place and the rental place for the kayaks, those are going to live and breathe and coexist and profit because you have this kind of employment base there. So, you know, it is. I look at these kind of vacant big buildings as opportunities to say, okay, now what can we do with it? So it's the only job in the world I've actually been like allowed to be super creative with trying to figure out, all right, there's no bad idea here, but like how do you solve, you know, X, X, X square feet? in this place and what we do with the next 12 months. Right. It's, you know, that's one of the things that I think has really been fascinating getting to know you and what you do is that there is so much creativity involved in it. It's not just list a piece of property and wait for the opportunity to do paperwork. Yeah. I kind of call that kind of vanilla brokering and it's, you know, there's not much uh, fun in that. And, you know, it's just, it's just not a, a plug and play. It's not a linear transaction. It's very dynamic, you know, several parties involved. We talk about the kind of collaboration you kind of need to get some of these things done. And, you know, granted some of the bigger deals, it, it takes that way. And the smaller ones were a little bit easier to do, but you got to be creative. You got to figure out it's never, no, no deals ever the same, which is sad to understand that once you kind of, you know, do a couple hundred of them, you're like, wow, they're all different. There's always more learning to do. Yeah, very interesting. So in that realm, my try. So we're Mm. talking about, you know, all the, from the business standpoint, all the things that, you know, function for the community. But the other element of that is, you know, if I'm a business person, if I own a corporation and I want to set up offices in a community, I want to make sure that if I'm moving my people there, that they're going to want to stay there. You know, because you, you, if you're bringing employees into a community, you, you know, one of the most expensive aspects of a business is hiring people, yeah, training them. Human and, capital. Yeah. And so if I'm going to move somebody to the Tri-Cities and I'm going to train them and I'm going to maybe pay their moving expenses, et cetera, I don't want them in a year going, you know what, there's not much to do around here. I'm going to look for a job in California or I'm going to look for a job in Texas. That's exactly like I said before. You know, we're all we're always competing for for people's time or money, and Tri Cities it has to offer that package to that you know future prospect and large employer. <clears throat> what do we have here? And it's intangibles too. You know, the the sense of community, the arts that are physically and you know intangible around town. How does that play into the retention of the human capital? And if I'm going to invest the dollars and move operations here for all kinds of things, and only in ten years I realize I can't keep my talent because they keep moving away. It affects the business, the, the, the community, the reputation of the, the business part of it. So it is, and that's what the kind of, I think, another part of 
<clears throat> my try 2030 kind of comes in where it kind of captures these silos where the, what the people want and the community's spoken and they've said these kind of these six arenas kind of ladder up to all the things we want to do here and in the day pro business you know mm-hmm. they will they will affect the retention of the the worker the, the mother the father the, the next generation kid coming back uh, it appeals to all that and just makes us a better community by voicing what we need yeah, and so you can do that through the MyTry twenty thirty. Yeah, MyTry2030.com. Take the survey. The survey's still out another, I think, month and some change to ask about people you know and those opportunities, projects you know that are going on, uh, people that are already doing neat things behind the scenes that maybe aren't at a chamber meeting or in a community meeting kind of thing. We want to know more about that and see how we can find efficiencies and drive some actual tangible success. Yeah, so if you know of somebody who's maybe doing some small theater things that maybe aren't getting a lot of big publicity mm-hmm. you want to bring some attention to that and see how you can plug them into other things that are going on and make it an even bigger and better opportunity exactly there's just a lot of pocket big uh community groups that not everyone knows about and there's a lot of good things going on that we can kind of have those leaders of each of those groups talk to each other they can mm-hmm. find efficiencies maybe consult you know see the efforts the priority and, and actually get some maybe more done than they could on their own and so that's where it's kind of neat about this my try effort Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Derek Stricker from NAI Tri-Cities. You can contact him at NAI Tri-Cities, 943-5200, 943-5200. You can also connect with him on Twitter at Stricker, C-R-E, at S-T-R-I-C-K-E-R-C-R-E, at Stricker, C-R-E, to get more information and to chat with him about some of the projects that he has going on. Maybe there's something that you can get plugged into. There's a lot, so much going on. We could probably sit and talk for three hours hours about... All the different things that are going on um, here just in the Tri-Cities. Like, look at downtown Kennewick. I mean, there's so much going on. I was just down there <laughs> the other day. My son's taking driver's ed uh-huh. downtown Kennewick. All the way to that area. Just well, joking. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, I was sitting down there for a little bit the other night while he was doing his driver's test. And I'm sitting in my car. And there were a lot of people just walking around. You know, families, mm-hmm. grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, a couple kids walking around, going into the shops, going into the restaurants. And we really are seeing a lot more just foot traffic, mm-hmm. which is really important for that area. It is. I mean, back back to kind of the science of it. You need that kind of daytime walking population. You can't just have people there at five o'clock and one hour of the week kind of thing. So it is. I think I drink, you know, I always kind of have my morning Rockabilly coffee uh, in the morning after I drop my daughter off at St. Joe's, and I kind of just kind of window watch and do my work. But you kind of see it's, you know, not just onesie, twosie before people walking. You see kind of groups of people, groups of employers taking a break, walking down the street, and just that kind of stuff that opens up the next layer of, uh, you know, urbanized development and community success and kind of collaborative efforts kind of thing. Yeah. And those are the kinds of things that don't just happen. There's so much effort that goes in from the downtown. Uh, historic downtown mm-hmm. organization working to really do a lot of fun activities in the downtown. You know, they've got the first Thursday and, and working with the city, coordinating yeah. those. And it's just really neat to see all of that happening. And there's, of course, still a lot of opportunity for folks if they want to open up a business down there or expand. It, it, there is. And it's kind of like, you know, it's it's it, a lot of uh Smaller businesses or newer businesses and new ventures, you know, are kind of attract this area because I think the economics are more in their favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually just a lot of good opportunities of buildings that came on the market. And 
You know, actually, speaking of HDKP, you know, they have a building right in the corner of Columbia Drive and Washington Avenue. It's right there in the corner, you know, the entrance to the causeway of Clover Island. That's over 5,000 square feet. Pretty cool building, you know, for sale, for lease. That's something that's on the market now. Uh, hey, Cedars Restaurant, you know, that's that's actually on the market as well. We just okay. listed that, taken to market, looking at the next waterfront restaurant, you know, still in business. They're still doing dinners. They'll get your rum barrels, all that good stuff. But Thursday night, ladies night. Exactly. Just saying. Just saying, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're, we got these things. And then, you know, we, you know, I just launched last week the former Welch's facility. You know, mm-hmm. the Jay Leaves Food uh, hit the market. You know, like we, I think we talked a little bit that they're leaving the market. Uh, coming up here and put that on on, on the uh, for sale and there's a lot of interest in, in in the downtown part of that building a lot of these kind of smaller buildings bigger buildings there's interest from a national level and I think our local level needs to look at that first to make sure that they're not missing any kind of opportunities yeah exactly because we will have you know we have such an amazing and unique uh, focus on food production mm-hmm. you know we grow so much if it's it, you know it, even when i was not living here i would always read labels and see how much food we bought in south carolina or mm-hmm. in georgia came from the mid-columbia basin and it, so there you know that food has to be processed somewhere it does you know we have produce we have processed we have food and beverage you really realize i mean the, the jay leaves food for me you know is in their case that the dive more into the food and beverage sector you know i know Tridec and, you know, uh, is in a lot in the, in the big Pasco area, a lot of the food and beverage and the newer warehouse facilities are all food and beverage and, you know, Lamb Weston, certain things out there in Richland. So we're definitely on this food and bev kick, uh, you know, but how, how much deeper can it go? You know, what new jobs can we get there? And these kind of also they're nice solutions to these kind of older, you know, World War II-esque kind of buildings because it's kind of hard to see who, who can use that in modern world for modern business. But uh, the food and bev, it's it's big and that's who we are here, that and distribution. You know, we're, we're geographically located well in this kind of hub where we serve this whole Northwest and we're not the Utah part. We're not Boise, but right here in the middle. And it's starting to catch on as the economics and that last mile model for all these distribution types is kicking on. That's where Tri-Cities, you know, getting a big bump in, uh, in jobs and square footage. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so exciting to watch and see uh, just the how everything is coming together and, and really exciting to to just watch the Tri-Cities grow, that managed growth. It's not, you know, getting out of control, but there's so much attention and care given to making sure that things are growing at the right pace, in the right time, and in the right way. Yeah. No, it's just it's the planning. It, it takes time, and I think it all rolls out, you know, which that same Port Kennewick meeting we had last Tuesday, and they, they gave they awarded a bid for Vista Field infrastructure. They also awarded a bid to kind of start, you know, I think phase two of Columbia Gardens. They helped get mm-hmm. that second, uh, you know, wine wine facility up and the infrastructure for the food trucks. And so, you know, just exciting stuff to see these continue to come through fruition, tangible. And for us to all enjoy as a community. Yes, exactly. And how can you get involved? Well, you can contact Derek Stricker at NAI Tri-Cities, 943-5200, 943-5200, or reach out to him on Twitter at Stricker CRE, at Stricker CRE, and find out how you can work together to continue with these great development projects throughout the Tri-Cities. That's going to do it for this session of Focus on Business. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen. This is a production of Cherry Creek Media and News Radio 610 KONA.